Welcome, welcome to the Encourage Project. I'm Amy Fairchild, and I am so happy you're here. It just makes me so happy to do these interviews with guests. And today's guest, I'm super excited to chat with in a minute. And if you're not familiar with where I live, I am in Arkansas in like the southern part of the United States, for those of you outside the U.S., and it is fall in my hometown. Well, it's fall everywhere, (laughs) not just in my hometown, but it's fall here and it's so beautiful. And in the last week or so, the, the trees have peaked in their color. So there's all these vibrant reds and oranges and yellows, and it's just so beautiful here. And it's my favorite time of year. It just makes me that much more sparkly, I guess. But anyway, um, it's beautiful here. And I hope wherever you are, this finds you well and that you are thriving. And uh, before we get into today's guest, I just want to share a little something. You know, as we move through the last part of 2021 and look to a new year, I kind of noticed in the last couple of days that that in my daily gratitude practice, it's evolved a little bit. And um, coincidentally, uh, this is the week before Thanksgiving here in the United States. And if you're not familiar with Thanksgiving, uh, that's a time where a lot of us here in the U.S. um, really get present to the things that we're most grateful for. And so I was I was noticing some things about my gratitude practice in the last couple of days. And and you may recall that my sweet little grandma passed away in early October And while I'm honestly feeling, uh, frankly, a little bit sad and not yet super excited as we approach the holidays, um, I have so much gratitude. And I noticed that my my gratitude list in the last week in particular seems to get longer every day. And what's been interesting is that it's more than just gratitude for people and relationships in my life. It's really been about getting present to the most simple things that I take for granted, the smallest things like clean water to drink every day, as much of it as I want and healthy legs that can take me on a brisk walk down to the mailbox. And it just, it just made me, made me really take a a pause to think about that. And, And I realize, you know, when people speak about gratitude, it can feel preachy and it can feel like something, someone is telling you, you should do, or you should have. And frankly, I don't know whether you should or shouldn't have gratitude. I don't know if you should or not. Um, I just wanted to share that for me, um, my curious journey into gratitude has really opened up so much peace, particularly in the last couple of months, and so much joy at times. And I think those are two things that so many people are searching for these days, you know, peace and joy. And so I just wanted to share that. And you all know that I'm huge on curiosity. Everything begins with curiosity. And I just wanted to put it out there. You know, what if you got curious? What things in your life can you embrace with gratitude? And, and you know, I get that it, there are days that feel like there's nothing to be grateful for. I get that. And I'm not downplaying it. But get curious. I bet you might find one thing and it might just spread some joy for you. So there you go. I'll sprinkle some opportunities to share your thoughts about that on Instagram for the community. So be on the lookout. So let's talk about today's guest. Um, One of the human projects that I frequently talk, that was hard to say, frequently (laughs) talk with clients about is love and relationships. How How do I become a better dater? How do I build better communication with my partner? How do I find love? And in fact, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I did an entire episode on my own personal dating project. Check that out. 
Um, but it's a common thing that I work with clients on. And I'm so excited about today's guest because that whole body of work is, is her focus. Um, Venus Castleberg is the author of the bestseller, Here to Forever, Finally Free to Be Me. And it's a story that really looks at exploring, looking for love in all the wrong places. That's a, a country song for those of you who might not be aware. And she, you know, she says that if the ups and downs and twists and turns of the roller coaster relationships have really left you wondering why the hell you keep bothering to get back on it, that book is for you. And she says, you know, we all have relationship filters. We all do. And what she does is she delivers tools and processes that you can apply to really create something greater than maybe you, you had realized previously. Venus is a seasoned entrepreneur and coach, and she is a devotee of joyful possibility. That just made me smile from ear to ear when I read that in her bio, joyful possibility. Oh my gosh. Um, she is based in Salt Lake City, Utah, here in the United States. And she inspires possibility in the clients that she has all over the world. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce the Encourage Project community to Venus Castleberg. Welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you. That was a great invitation. Um, and I wanted to just thank you because gratitude is one of my favorite tools. So oh. I love hearing other people use it and um, I highly recommend it. I don't I like you. It's not right or wrong, but it's like, <laughs> it really has changed everything for me. And there's a little twist that I'd love to add. <clears throat> Would you also be willing to start looking at what you're grateful for about you? Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Tell more about that. And then we'll dive into my questions. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so um, I, for a long time, I had the external gratitude, like I'm grateful for the sun. I'm great. And there was so much of that. But then I realized that there was some, a component missing for me. Mm -hmm. And it really feeds even into the book is like, um, what am I grateful for about me? What oh, is great that. about me? Because there's, we don't, we judge ourselves harshly most people on the planet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the only thing that cannot exist, judgment cannot exist with gratitude. So if you are in judgment and you focus on gratitude instead, the judgment melts away. So wow. it allows you to focus on what's actually amazing about you instead of all the things that are wrong about you. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Judgment cannot exist in gratitude. Mm -hmm. I love that. <sighs> Okay. So before we, I could just go down a rabbit hole with that right there. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm open to whatever. <laughs> before we do that though, tell, tell us about you. Tell us a little bit about you. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, my name is Venus, obviously Castleberg. And um, I was raised in Alaska. Ooh. I don't know why that seemed irrelevant, but um, I love that. I'm a bit of a wanderer. Um, I've lived in a lot of different places and um, as well as seeking for love in all the wrong relationships, I was also like feeling like there was a place that I was going to belong mm. and that there was the one place that I could find. So I've done a lot of seeking in my life for like modalities, what's going to fix me, <clears throat> um, uh, places to live, which, you know, what's the best place to live and, you know, and relationships, who's the best relationship to be in, um, looking for the one outside mm -hmm. of myself. So, um, there was a lot of external seeking in my life and, uh, the 
the pivotal moment was when I realized that I was the one I was seeking the whole time. Mm -hmm. And when I went to, I was the one seeking, then it didn't matter where I lived. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. And so you, you, were you born in Alaska or were you raised there as a child or both? Uh, I moved there when I was two. So, but yeah, I, I grew up there until I was 18. Fantastic. And you're in Salt Lake now. Do you have family there or dogs, cats? (laughs) (laughs) I live with my um, now partner and um, my dog. Awesome. I love that. That So she had, she had, she had an idea. She's like, there's a dog in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. So the, the book here to forever, talk a little bit about just an overview of what the book is. But in addition to that, I want to know how, why, why, why did you write a book? (laughs) (laughs) Well, at first I want, I wrote a book just because it was kind of like one of those bucket list things. Like I'm just going to check, I'm going to write a book, check it off my list. (laughs) Okay. I go pause right there. I don't have that on my bucket list. I'm like, I want to do my laundry. I want to go wash my car. (laughs) Writing a book is not on my list. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Sometimes we have big aspirations, sometimes we have small, but they're just they're equal, like right? We're just there you go. whatever gets us through the day. Um, so at first I thought, okay, I'm just gonna write a book. I thought, well, I just and I'm and I was in a become a published author in 190 days or 160 days or something. I don't remember. It was a long, it was six years ago. So, <laughs> so it didn't happen in 160 days. But that was because of me, and we can get into that. But um, I sat down and I promised to write every day, and I wrote 20 minutes minimum, and then sometimes hours. So I always sat down every day to write a book. I was really surprised at what came out. Like mm. I definitely didn't think that the first book that I wrote would be kind of a memoir ish. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and you know, I was like, and then I was like, you know, went in all my own self judgments, like, well, what is how is my story going to about all this going to help anybody else? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the pivot of, of my life happened while I was writing the book. So the pivot of my life then um, culminates in the back half of the book um, where the tools and processes that I use to actually change my point of view about relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wrote the book six years ago. I wrote it in like two months and it was, I was, I was like, Oh, I think it's pretty much done. Mm -hmm. It might've needed to be tied up a little bit, but it's pretty much done. But I sent it to three different editors Mm -hmm. and they all told me I needed to change it. Oh no. (laughs) And, and one of them one time, and then at one point I was like, okay, well maybe I just didn't tell enough. So I went in and I added a bunch of stuff and, um, and then I sent it to a friend of mine who was an editor and she said, well, now it feels like it's two different stories. And I said, well, it's cause I had to go back in and like had stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so then fast forward, um, this was last year. I was about to just toss the project. It was six years later. And I was like, well, maybe I just read a different book. Um, but I had a friend who's a ghostwriter and mm-hmm. I, and I sent her the book and I said, well, maybe you can make something out of this. So I don't know, or maybe it's, you know, throw it away. She called me three days later and she said, I don't read books anymore. I don't have time. She (laughs) said, I couldn't put yours down and I wouldn't change a thing. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah. <laughs> so you just need the one person that mm-hmm. believes in your work, then, you know, published, went bestseller. Um, so the book wanted to be to live, I guess. <laughs> uh, I love that. And I love what you said about you need just one person to believe in your work. I mean, that's what, honestly, the, the foundation of the Encourage Project is that, is being you never know if you're that one person who makes a difference for someone else. You just don't know. And, and I operate from that place of, I assume that I am. So it makes me curious every single day, who am I going to positively impact? Who am I going to be that one person that they didn't think they could do something, whatever it was until I crossed paths with them. I just love that you said that. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So you alluded to several things that are in the book, which apparently is fabulous and all the things, what is the book about? Tell us what it's about. I mean, not like that's a big question. What, what's what's the overarching? What's the overarching? And you guys, you should, you should see her on Zoom. I told her that, and her eyes about bugged out. But um, so what's the overarching purpose of the book, and what do you hope to serve people with, with the book? Great question. Um, well, first of all, the book is um a love story mm-hmm. <laughs> of me seeking love in all the wrong places. Um. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really like the story of my life. Like I started really young thinking mm. about relationships and maybe it was the Cinderella stuff stories. Like, I just was like, I was thinking about the one at like six, which mm. people are like six. I'm like, I don't know. That's just what everybody was, what, what every show and my parents, it just seemed like the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, so I, sought love. I thought I found the one. Um, it's really a, you know, a quirky, funny story about my life and Mm -hmm. how I, you know, was seeking all this time to feel whole, perfect and complete by finding the one person that would make me feel that way. Mm. Um, in the end, I realized I was the one I was always looking for. Yes. But what I would really love for people to get out of this book is that whatever happens in your life, it's, it's not, it does not determine who you are. Yes. I love that. (laughs) And none of my past dictates who I am. Mm -hmm. And so you might read my book and think, wow, she kind of, has an interesting sense of humor about some of the stuff. And I was like, I do, because I just don't find it significant. It's like, it doesn't, it's not relevant to Mm -hmm. who I choose to be today. Um, Yeah. Wow. There are two gems that I really want to go back to. The first is, you know, as a little kid, you said six years old, you were thinking about the one in Western culture, and it may be global culture. I'll just say Western because that's all I'm familiar with. Um, we are conditioned as little children. I won't just say it's little girls. I will say children um, to, to find a prince or a princess and, and, and it's love at first sight and all this stuff. And, and I know that it's a beautiful fairy tale story, but we've done an inadvertent disservice to children by setting that expectation from the time we're so small. Because mm-hmm. think about all the pressure. You're like, oh, well, there's only one person in the whole planet in the bajillions of people that I'm supposed to go find, how freaking overwhelming (laughs) can that possibility be? Right. It's astonishing. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing that even I love even more than what, than that, that you said was around, you were the one all along. 
Um, that is a message that that people need to hear in every single context, in every single circumstance. And we've even talked about it here on, on the Encourage Project. We've talked about how um, I believe similarly that the moment you are born, you are perfectly designed, you are whole and worthy. And you spend the rest of your life deconditioning yourself from all the stuff that you grew up with, right? But yeah, all that's fascinating. So talk a little bit about what are some of the things that that just prompted you to write the book? You said it was on your bucket list, but but what really compelled you to share this message with people knowing, because you obviously know it's valuable. I, I hear it in your voice. I see it in your face. Mm-hmm. What was it that just kind of gave you that nudge? Other than, you know, it's a bucket list thing, but there had to have been more that just nudged you to to put this out there for folks. Well, the writing of the book was the bucket list piece, mm-hmm. the actual putting it out there. Um, yeah, it was the realization that maybe there's other women out there, men, you know, people that are constantly seeking for something that's in, inside, mm. you know, and that, and you, it, you will never feel fulfilled by make putting that outside of you yeah, because it doesn't exist out there. And so, yeah, once the book was almost complete, not, not the end part, but like, it was like, wow, maybe there's other people who could benefit from the story. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, my heart really is for people to get how amazing they are and mm-hmm. um that nobody can tell them that, that they have to almost discover that, that for themselves. Yeah. And that's that gratitude for, you know, what are you grateful for about you? Yeah. Because then you start to see the greatness that you're born with. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. What are you grateful for about you? I think um, you're, you're right. I know for me, I had a similar challenge, um, you know, uh, if there was, I don't mean to say this in a derogatory way, but if there's a loser on the block, I was going to go out with him when I was, when I was dating as a younger person, hell, I was probably that way till I was in my forties, frankly, but you know, and it was a function of how I felt about myself. Mm-hmm. I attracted the things that I felt I deserved or the things that I, I felt about myself. The, and I believe this, I believe that the universe brings you what you, what you say you are and what you say you want it matches energy for energy. And when I feel bad about myself, all of a sudden, all these bad people start showing up. (laughs) Not bad people, but bad for me people show up in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I found that fascinating. How did you get to a place or what was it that prompted you to even get curious? I mean, we started this episode with curiosity and it's very difficult when you, when you find yourself in that cycle, it, it can be difficult to even create your own awareness that you might be the thing you're looking for. How did you even create that awareness for yourself? Well, it was multifaceted <laughs> as most <laughs> things are. <laughs> there was a bunch of different things happening all at once. Um, I was in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. I had moved to Hawaii. I didn't know anybody in Hawaii. So I didn't have like the friends and the, the family and people to support me. So I was in this really awful relationship and really alone, like more Mm. alone than I'd ever been. Um, And it, that moment of realizing, okay, I'm completely alone here. The only person that can have my back right now is me. Mm. 
So, and there's, um, I'm a facilitator of access consciousness and there's a, an amazing tool called the five elements of intimacy and it's honor, trust, gratitude, allowance, and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And um, the, if you have those five elements of intimacy with yourself, you can have it with other people. But a lot of times we look for those elements of intimacy with other people without having it with ourselves. So we can never really have it truly. Like you can never truly be grateful for somebody else if you're not also grateful for you, mm. right? You can't truly be an allowance without judgment of somebody else without having that no judgment for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, okay, well, I've got nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> feel like it's all gone. Right. Um, I'm going to spend and okay. So here's another piece though. I had heard for years that you keep dating the same person over and over and over again. Yes. I've heard the same. Yeah. And I saw that to be true. I've had a few that were different, but not very many. Most of them were the same. And this was no different. And I was like, okay, I have to change this if I'm ever going to get into a relationship that is generative and fun and um, will create greater in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. So I knew I needed to change that. And I, I knew also if I ended the relationship right then in that moment that I was just going to recreate it again in somebody else. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, here's my chance. This is my one chance to really change this, to choose something different And so I took on the five elements of intimacy for one a month, for five months. Um, And I really, I learned that allowance is not judging somebody for their choices, but it's also not being a doormat. Mm. And I thought allowance meant I needed to be a doormat because then I was in allowance of what they were choosing. And I was like, Mm. no, no. Actually, and then it was actually a kindness for me to end that relationship because then he could choose what he wanted to choose with his life. And I could choose what I wanted to choose, but we weren't trying to mix oil and water. It was like, you know, it was like they're not trying to blend something that's unblendable. And nobody's wrong. He's not wrong. Even the mean things he said, he's not wrong for that. It it wasn't kind, but it's like, he in his own way was trying to create that separation, you know, that we both knew we just didn't mix. Whereas he might, he's perfect for somebody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so realizing that I d- could let him be him and choose what was best for me. And then I had my own back mm-hmm. and then I could leave. And then I didn't, um, I've never recreated it again. So wow. I was a I was alone for a while after that and loved being on my own. And I thought, wow, I love myself. I'm mm-hmm. very grateful for myself. Um, I enjoy myself. I enjoy being by myself. And I made the demand of myself and the request of the universe that if I was going to be in partnership, it had to add greater to my life to mm-hmm. be something that made it even better. And that's that is my partner right now. Wow. I love that. That's great. I I think there's a couple of things too, that, that I want to go back to. One of them was that you mentioned you'd heard that you date the same partner over and over. Mm -hmm. I absolutely have experienced that. And, Mm -hmm. um, I learned, you know, eventually that that happens until, until you learn the lesson. Mm -hmm. And so I finally learned the lesson and I knew the things that I was, 
drawn to that were not good for me. And so there were things that I, I had to heal myself because I learned that I was attracting things that were trying to fix a wound that I had. And so I fixed those things and I haven't dated those kinds of people since. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, I believe that that that's so true. Um, the other thing that you said that was really interesting was the thing about allowance and for people who are not as familiar with access consciousness, I think, um, a good word in the general vernacular would be grace. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, which basically says, I accept that you are who you are, even though it is not good for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and setting that boundary that says, okay, I accept that. And I don't, I choose not to participate any longer. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I think that's something that, that many of us, I know I wasn't, Mm -hmm. many of us are never taught that, that it is okay to accept something as that is the way it is and also not enable it to affect you. And that's, that's really powerful. And people, you don't have to live with it. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to choose it. You know, you don't have to judge it. You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to do anything with it. You can just separate yourself from it. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you said you haven't dated anyone like that since that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the things that I often talk with clients about in this whole exploration of relationship and love is that fear of being alone. And, um, similar to you after, um, a relationship when I was really young, I was single for 17 years. I I was not in a committed relationship for 17 years. I dated and I traveled and I did all these things and, and figured out who I was so that I was better prepared. But many people are fearful of that aloneness after having been in a relationship, particularly after having been in a relationship where they lose their identity, so to speak, lose their Mm -hmm. true North. How did you get comfortable in that being single world mm-hmm. after that kind of ending and, and learning the things that you learned that ended that? Um, well, I actually, I, I had a marriage and I got divorced from two that I had a similar, like a, a break of time, like where I was single. And I think both times I just, I went out to, I had the curiosity. Mm. I was like, I wonder who I am today. I, I mean, cause we were definitely with my ex husband, very enmeshed. And like, I didn't even make travel plans by myself. You know, he made all the travel plans. So like after that, like I had to like make travel plans and, <laughs> and like, I decided to actually sell everything I own and go to Europe and Africa for months. And, wow. and, but it was like, I, I had to just figure it out, you know, mm-hmm. but like, it's like empowering myself to realize I could do it, empowering myself that I realized I could take care of myself, empowering myself to know that I can make enough money to live vivaciously, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like, like, and not, it's not dependent on my relationship. My relationship doesn't, then that's part of the fairy tale thing that we're taught is like the relationship somehow is going to create the money, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the support, they're right. supposed to be the financial support. And it's like, actually, I've made more money on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I you. was in de- both, and I've been married twice too. <laughs> so both marriages, I went $60,000 in debt. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, that's really fascinating. That I, I'm like going debt when I'm in a relationship, but then when I'm <laughs> out, <laughs> 
though. <laughs> but I, I'd like to speak to something you said, because it's so true. Many of us, and I was one of these people included, many of us would rather have a bad relationship than no relationship. Yes. Yes. And I am, I was so guilty of that. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not willing to compromise that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be something that adds to my life. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I can honestly say that I, it took me a little longer than I would have liked a couple of times, but I have never been willing to settle for being in a bad relationship just to be in one. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean that I was super excited about being single again at times. And it doesn't mean that I wasn't scared and, you know, wallowing in my own shit, if you will. Um, but, but yeah, I, I can honestly say I've never done that. That's probably the only thing I've done. right. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. According to my book, I've done a lot of it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, what, you know, one of the things that I love that you said when you sold everything and went to Europe and Africa, you were empowering yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think people assume that when one is empowered, there's no fear involved. Were you afraid of anything? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Well, I have a lot of people actually that were more afraid than I was because <laughs> I actually was a white woman traveling single through Africa. Oh like, yeah. And it wasn't necessarily a great time to be doing that. So, sure. um, so yeah, there were times, um, I remember sleep, like being in a bus stop, sleeping with one eye open because <laughs> mm, sure. the bus didn't leave until the morning. I missed the evening bus. So, um, you know, um, I would hyper alert, but I, I ended up so much stronger because of it. Mm-hmm. Like, like everything that you is challenges you grow, you grow, yeah. you learn. Right. Yeah. So I am confident that I could travel anywhere now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I traveled to a country, didn't even speak the language. So, um, you can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, you know, yeah, you can, you can, when you're in that situation, I absolutely agree. I think, um, what's also interesting about that is you didn't say, and I love that you didn't say this. Well, I just felt the fear and did it anyway. You know, people poo poo fear. I'm sorry. Fear is valid and, and it's cool. And, and also it can be a companion as long as it sits in the back seat and doesn't want to drive as far as I'm concerned, you know? Right. And, um, you mentioned there were people who were more fearful for you than you were. And, and I experienced the same thing when I was traveling in Africa for work, my parents were really more nervous than I, but I was also in a very different situation. But anyway, um, so talk about how, how you move through that fear. I mean, you've sold everything. You have left this relationship. You are going to rediscover some things. I'm sure aside from just physical safety, there were, there were fears in that, in that, um, journey, not literal journey, but in the figurative journey, how did you move through some of those fears? Um, I, uh, I think it's just choosing it anyway. You know, it's like, um, it's not things are always going to happen in your life. There, mm. it, 
does the life happens like people die things you know you break your arm whatever you like and and it's it's a choice whether you move through it or not it's a Mm -hmm. choice whether you're like okay yeah you can curl up in a ball and it's not wrong if you want to curl up in a ball and cry and you know i i had lots of that in my breakups Mm -hmm. you know um but then it's like, okay, it's time to put the big girl panties on and, you know, yeah. like, you know, get, get up again. It, and it, I, I do know that not everybody's wired this way, but I do know for me, I do tend to be wired like, okay, I don't think about the past. It just doesn't do me any good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't dwell on what happened. I don't dwell, you know, it's like, I grieve something sometimes for a minute and sometimes for hours. And then I just move on. It's just, Mm -hmm. but it's choosing again and again and again, you, we all choose every day to wake up. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Like that's a choice. You can actually, people go to sleep and don't wake up. (laughs) Yes. So, so every day there is something that gets you out of bed. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can discover what that is. Sometimes it's, you know, for me for a long time, it was, I would get up to look for the next relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the flavor of the day? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Or look for the next place to live or, you know, find the next job, you know? So those were the motivating factors for me for a long time. Mm-hmm. because I didn't have that, like that itch that, uh, burning desire to change something. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like, okay, what if everybody realized they had choice in their life mm-hmm. that if they're in a bad relationship, they can choose a different one or get out of it. If mm-hmm. you're in a job that you hate, you can choose a different one and get mm-hmm. out of it. You do not have to stay stuck in anything. Yeah. And that's just something that I've told myself over and over. Okay, time mm-hmm. to move on to the next. You know? that, is, that is one of the simplest explanations that seems to be the most difficult for, for any of us at, at different points in life to embrace mm-hmm. is that we do have choice. And I think one of the reasons why, at least for me, uh, at points in my life, I didn't want to admit I had choice is because when I realize I have choice, I then also have responsibility. Mm. You know, once I've become aware that there is something different and I decide not to pursue it, which by the way is a choice, mm-hmm. then I become responsible. And for there were there were there was a point in my life where if I'm being really honest, I probably didn't want to be as responsible for some of that big stuff. Sure. And I think that's that can be scary for people. You know, when they, when they get the awareness that they actually have a choice and then they're responsible for whatever that choice or decision is, Ooh, that's even more uncomfortable (laughs) for some than, than the discomfort of the current situation. Right. Yeah. Well, and maybe ask yourself, are you, are you in fear or worried or are you actually excited about the change? Mm-hmm. Are you excited about something like yes. they, the feelings feel very similar 
And we often misidentify them as fear. We're like, oh, this is fear. And actually, maybe you're just excited because you're mm-hmm. like, I'm finally quitting that job or I'm finally leaving that relationship that isn't working for me anymore. Yeah. Um, but the responsibility thing, like that's a big thing that I came to too, is just the realization that I have created everything in my life. Mm. I am the one that chose the relationships that I chose. I'm the one that chose where I lived, what job I did, like, and that can be daunting, but at the same time, it made me excited because I was like, okay, great. If I can choose crap, I can choose, I can choose great things. (laughs) I can choose beauty as much as I can choose the dog shit. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, there's so much yes to that. And in said differently, it's the difference between running from something and running to something. Mm-hmm. When you're running from, you're fearful. Mm-hmm. When you're running to, you're excited to your point. Mm-hmm. And I love that you called that out. And that that might be just the thing someone needs to go, huh, I didn't realize I had that choice or that that option, right. you know? Um, mm-hmm. that's fascinating. So you mentioned um at the when we were talking about the book, uh, the first half is it, well, I, I'm hopefully I'm paraphrasing correctly. The first half was a lot, the story and the second half is a lot, the how-to. And you talked a little bit about um, the five elements of intimacy through access consciousness, but are you, are you comfortable sharing what were some of the other tools that you used um, in, in your discovery of, of yourself? Um, probably the big one that we started out with, like getting out of judgment of me, mm. like getting out of judging any of the choices that I've made at any point and mm-hmm. just being grateful, grateful for the lessons, grateful that I have a funny book. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, now they're all a chapter. So, yeah. um, so, um, and just learning gratitude, like mm-hmm. just to be grateful for, um, the times that I spent in different places, the people, the lessons I learned, Like you never really know, and this is a dating advice thing, but you never really know what you really want Mm -hmm. until you, a lot of people have to go through what you don't want. Mm -hmm. Yes. So so I have chapters and chapters of what I don't want. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) I might've been a little slow, but (laughs) very clear on what I do want now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the beauty of dating that I think gets lost, you know, um, at least for me growing up, let's say my teenage years, I thought, oh, my dating, you know, if I have a great first date, he must be the one. No, 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 no. We need to teach people that dating is a, in very analytical terms, it's a vetting process in all honesty. It's a vetting process in the modern world. There are not many people in the world who are dating because they're heading toward an arranged marriage. Yes, there are still some, but the vast majority of people who are dating are dating to vet for a partner. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be information gathering. It's supposed to be, yes, I like this. No, I don't like that. Why do you go to 15 different restaurants in your life? Let's say, because you find out that you like tacos better than you like non. I don't know, (laughs) but it's the same thing, right? And so- I think there there is an opportunity for people to realize that about dating. Like you said, there you know a whole bunch about what you don't want, which probably made it easier for you to discern later what you do. So talk about how all that lesson culminated for you into finding what you do want. 
That's cool. There, um, there's another great tool in access consciousness. Um, it's called winners, losers, and no counts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we tend to identify most people that we date between winners and losers. Mm-hmm. These are the winners. These are the people that I've determined are great, going to be great for me, which is usually not true, but you have some sort of <laughs> definition of them, right? Like right. you're like, I don't know, they're hot, they're a football star or whatever, right? So <laughs> you, they're a winner, right? The right. losers are the ones that you're like, oh, you know, they they don't have the right job. They don't, you know, all the judgments. And these are both judgments, by the way, these yes. are you know, mm-hmm. positive and negative. Um, so, um, that's how we usually choose. We choose, we try to go for the winners and we try to avoid the losers. Mm-hmm. And then some of us flip those, whatever, it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a whole nother realm called no counts. Mm -hmm. And these are the people that you are really close with. You're probably best friends with them. Mm -hmm. You hang out with them all the time. You're like, you know, they're easy to be around. They adore you. They -hmm. appreciate you. You know, they're grateful for you. Yeah. And you're like, somebody goes, well, what about that person? And you'll usually go, oh, they don't count. (laughs) so true so true yes and a little trick for people out there knowing this by personal experience the no count will probably be the best relationship you've ever had Mm. because they already get you they are your best friends right who cares what they look like if they are grateful for you and adore you and would you know, lasso the moon for you. Mm-hmm. Does does any of the things that you've determined to be a winner or a loser matter? Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm my partner's bald. <laughs> you know, I particularly I like men with hair. Right. <laughs> but I also started to ask myself, is that really relevant? Yeah. Is that really what's valuable here and important? Yeah. And it is such a great tool because you will start to look at people completely different because you'll Mm. be like, oh, have I defined them as my judging them or am I really appreciating who they are and what contribution they can be to my life? Oh, I love that. And I especially love the last part about what contribution they can be. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I truly believe that relationships, not just romantic ones, but all relationships that we cultivate need to be additive. Um, to our lives and also ours to theirs. I don't know if that made sense, but you know what I mean? (laughs) We need to add to people's lives is what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) Yeah. That I love that you said that that's really interesting. Um, Winners, losers. And what was the third one? No counts, no counts, no counts. (laughs) They don't count. That's hilarious and true. I like that. I'll put that in the show notes, folks. I'll put all that in the show notes. <laughs> so your your journey, I mean, and people, please go find the book and read the book to get all this goodness. In fact, I'm probably going to order it as soon as we get finished recording today. But um, so you went through this whole journey and you found this part and you have these lessons and you and you've put this out into the world for people to consume and embrace and and do better with. If you could give people one piece of advice, just one from all of that body of work, what would the one piece of advice be?
I'm like, I, I really want two. <laughs> I'll give you two. I'll give you two. I'll give you, a, how about a 1A and a 1B? <laughs> okay. Go for it. <laughs> awesome. Yes. You are the one that you've been looking for. Mm-hmm. Number one. And number two, your past does not dictate who you become or who you are. Mm. Those are perfect. Those are perfect. You are the one you've been looking for and your past does not dictate who you are, who you become. Perfect. Um, And this is a question I ask all of our guests. So in this whole long journey, what role, if any, has celebration played? I'm a huge (laughs) proponent of celebration. What role has celebration played in this journey? Awesome. Well, um, in my bio, I say joyful possibility. I know. That's why I was so excited to ask you this. <laughs> um, and it, it, I celebrate the little things. Like I celebrate that I woke up in the morning. I celebrate that the hot water, like you talked about hot water, mm. like having water to drink Yes. in Africa. I took cold showers for weeks. <laughs> Yes. And I was just like, when I had hot water again, or you could, I could order whatever food I wanted again. Like, um, there is so much to enjoy and be grateful for mm-hmm. <clears throat> every moment of every day, petting your dog. Um, yeah. So I, I get uh, that I celebrate every day with gratitude. Oh, I love that. Great. So <laughs> how can folks learn more about what you're doing in your work and learn more about the book? How can they get in touch with you? Awesome. I have a website called venuscastleberg.com. That's probably the easiest way. I'm all over social media as well. Um, And the book is on Amazon in paperback and Kindle here to forever. Finally free to be me. Oh, this has been such a joy. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, Amy, it's been the pleasure is truly mine. Um, I love your enthusiasm. I love what you're doing for people out there. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. So you guys, uh, this has been a really fun episode for me and it's been a really great guest. So as you get ready to hit stop today and you wrap up today's episode, what action can you take? And I would ask you to get curious about gratitude. And before the end of the day, Ask yourself, what's one thing you can be grateful for about you? Just one. Not, I'm not giving you a ton of homework, just one. And in fact, I'm going to add a little icing on that. I want you to send me an email. Or I want you to send me a, a direct message on Instagram or wherever you find me and tell me what is one thing you are grateful for about yourself. I look forward to hearing that. And then as you go into reflection today, the ahas, the oh no's, and the yippies, you know, the ahas are... What did you learn in today's episode? So many great nuggets. Um, what are the oh no's? You know, what questions do you have still? Or what things do you want to find out more about? And, and the yippies are what can you celebrate? As you go into reflection, a couple of things I'd like for you to reflect on. Who is it that you're really looking for? Is it yourself? I don't know. Kind of sounds like it. And then also, what can you really celebrate? <sighs> This has been such a fun episode. Let's continue the conversation. You can find us at theencourageproject.com. You can find me on Instagram at the underscore encourage underscore project. And as always, you can send me an email to hello at theencourageproject.com. That's it for this episode, friends. Be safe, be well, and shine.